another Triawee with three sands in the house, enough talk, Hollywood talk, some catch up talk. I don't know, it feels like it's been a while since we've been together. But welcome, ladies. Good hey, to see hey. you. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> I'm not even going to try and baffle my brain when it was the last time we actually sat down <laughs> to do this. It wasn't that long ago. I've seen you in between, but I think, yeah. It's been a while. It's been a while. Well, it's a whole different year. Oh, oh. It's, it's been that long. Yeah. It's been that long. <laughs> well, welcome to 24, ladies. You know, we're already a month down and I don't like how time moves so quickly, though. No, just ignore that bit. Just ignore the, the movement of time. I was talking to someone today about how, <laughs> get me, how time is a construct. Oh, here we go. Instead <laughs> of wine and cheese or something. And sometimes we just need to ignore it and not have the demon of time chasing us all the time. Just mm. relax yourself and let it flow. I'm only interested in when I'm getting paid. That's the day <laughs> I'm interested in. <laughs> I love I love San. She's so practical. Bring, yes. bring us back down to earth yeah, with a yeah. thump. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that's an important time factor. Yep. Yeah, well, I'm getting paid when I'm getting paid. Give me my money. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I'm, I, I find it difficult. I mean, there's more things already starting to pack up already, like, mm. as in events. So it's like places to go, people to see, mm. and all that sort of stuff. So that's already happening. So by Feb, I think it's probably going to be well on its way. So it's already twenty twenty four is a year of doing and, oh, um, and seeing people and uh, yeah, and catching up with old friends who we haven't seen since our kids were little. Now oh, nice. our kids are all grown up. Mm. It's time to. Uh, to start burning those fires again. This is your next phase now, isn't it? Your new life. I'm hoping so. I just yeah. want to keep dragged back into sort of motherhood phase. That will always happen. auntie phase. Yeah, so. Even when they turn 40, that will happen. <laughs> <laughs> I've learned that one. But maybe it never not ends. so demanding. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Different demands. Yeah. Oh, well, ladies, it's, um, like I said, it's good to be back in the house. Um, we've got, as usual, big topics. Big, absolutely big topics. And... I guess one of the things that's been kind of bothering me really over the last few weeks since this hit at the end of last year is this worrying trend that appears to be on the rise in conjunction with seemingly attack on EDI, but especially black women in mm-hmm. those positions. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be talking about that kind of when you go from being the pet to the threat mm-hmm. within organisations as well and the impact of that. Mm-hmm. But before we dive into today's subject, let's just do a little bit of a check-in. I think Sandra already... Sand, done me. Sand, sand, <laughs> no, no, that was Sand's it. check-in, man. <laughs> Sand's not even waiting for the, the lead into no, it. No. She's in. She's off. I love that. So, yeah. so Sand is... Um, it's, it's a new... I get what's well, a new year. It's a new avenue. It's a new thought process. It's yeah. new energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you know, and the weather helps, doesn't it? Because it's well nippy. So that keeps you on your toes. Mm-hmm. So you've got to keep moving. Got me new trainers. Went out for a Oh, walk. you got them. Yeah. <laughs> I've never had a pair of trainers. It's got a really lovely instep in there. Oh, hello. Because so, I've got quite a high arch. And okay. I can feel it. I thought, oh my gosh, look at that. <laughs> Very good. So yeah, so doing a bit of that. And, um, but yeah, I think start, you, I think in your head, trying to make it as positive as you can. Mm-hmm. So I think that's, uh, and I think you have to take time out to put yourself into that mindset of like, just going, I can see the app. Yeah, and, you know, we had I a talk could. the other day, the other the other day as well. So me and Sandra, Sandio, and uh, and that just reinforced that as well. So mm. most definitely. So yeah, looking forward to twenty twenty four, regardless of whatever it brings. I like the positivity. Love it. Are you saying that you got dainty dancers' feet? Um, well, I've got with a small your high ankle, arch. A small ankle, 
and a high arch. <laughs> Ooh, I, but I hadn't even noticed that until I had to get my daughter's first pair of shoes. Mm. So um, we were getting her first pair of shoes. Took her to John Lewis and took her to Clark's. Mm. And they they must have had about 50 pairs of shoes. Mm. And the woman was like, and she was really good because most, I think, you know, I don't know about shop assistants there in shoe shops, so I'm not going to make any generalisations. But she went through every pair of shoes mm. for her first pair of shoes and said she has a high arch and a wow. very small ankle oh. and there was nothing that they could find in the shop to make, you know, to, to give her her wow. first pair of shoes. So we left that with a pair of slip-on leather, leather ladybug shoes that she oh, <laughs> yes. got as a gift. Oh. Um, but she spent most of her, you know, her young, you know, childhood running around barefoot anyway. Mm, so, mm, um, mm. Uh, so yeah, she's fine now. But, yeah. Very nice. That's how I know. Very good. Very good. Right. So, Sandia. Me, me. <laughs> me, me, me. I am good. Um, I'm busy already. Where are we? Uh, kind of mid-January. Yeah, but positive, positive busy. And like you, Sanj, I am being um, more spontaneous and also travelling this year. I've got the bit between my teeth. I want to go places and see people and do things that I haven't done before. I don't know. I What's don't driving know. that, Sam? I, do you know, it's a feeling... It mm. really is a feeling about the year 2024, and I can't put my finger on why. Mm. It's really strange, but I just feel really excited and positive and all of that lovely stuff. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to be doing some, some I'm going to be having some adventures this year. Ooh. I hope there's going to be pictures. <laughs> There'll be pictures. Um, yeah, I might have to hide the evidence of some of it. <laughs> I do have a reputation to uphold. Exactly. <laughs> Anything in particular, Sam, that's, that you want to get new adventure in? That you can um, actually talk about on the podcast. <laughs> um, what do I want to do? Um, new adventure. Um, it's not like I want to learn something new, like a course or anything like that. Um, but there are some things that I want to go back to. Mm. Uh, so my painting. I want to get my canvases out. Oh wow! And go back to that. Did we knew? Did we knew? Sun's an artist. I don't, no. I don't think I've mentioned that. No, no. no. We've talked, we've talked about dance quite a well, bit. <laughs> oh, 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 oh! Now you mention it. Now we, oh gosh, oh. I've done it. Yeah. <laughs> now you mentioned. Do you remember last time I alluded to something exciting that was happening? Yes, in the you dance did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's now uh, official, so I can mention it. Now. Oh, come on, man. So I am uh, a recent appointee. To the board of Ballet Black. Really? Wow. Shut up, you beast. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh my gosh, Sam. Well, well done. I am so chuffed and oh, excited. Wow. wow. And let me tell you something, I had to work for that one. Ooh. You know when you really want something? Yeah. And so you go and you really put effort into it. And so I, you know, went up to London. I did the application and got invited, got shortlisted. Uh, had an interview with the founder online and then from there was invited to an interview and I went in front of the interview panel and I did like you no know, I did the whole process excellent and it got to the end of the interview and I remember sitting there saying you know, it's a while since I've been this nervous 
Do you know what I mean? Because you get invited to do stuff yeah. after a while and you kind of go, yeah, okay. But this was proper process driven. Yeah. Um, very good that they did that. Um, and as I was walking out, the next person was there. Ooh, they tall and <laughs> Waiting slender. To go in. Well, no, it wasn't that. It was like, mm, competition. Oh, did you look him up and down? <laughs> oh, yeah. Feet to the head. Gave him the look. Oh, dear. No, I didn't. Of course I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I was just aware. And they had a lot of applicants. I mean, wow. for a charity. That's brilliant. Um, the, the most applicants I have heard of, actually, for a charity of a similar size. So I feel really pleased yeah. that I got through. But Sam, it's exciting. I'm, I'm, you know, it's so exciting. In terms of people wanting to go for something like that, you don't often get that kind of opportunity, do no. you? So no. I could, no. I'm not surprised. Were there lots of black applicants that applied for it? Were they? Just- yeah. Oh, fantastic. Oh, yeah. So there's a good, yeah. there's oh, a good wealth of... Oh, they're out there. Wow, that's oh, fantastic. They are out there, which is also really pleasing in terms of black leadership. Yeah. Mm. And, you know, that old thing that, that gets said sometimes, oh, we don't know where to find them. Mm. Rubbish. Well, make sure... The we... right opportunities. Yeah. Mm. Um, they flooded in that's to this organisation. Oh. And I'm pleased for them because that means that their profile and their reputation is exactly where it needs to be mm. because people want to work with them. And, and then I go... I got it. <laughs> I got it. Oh, so wow. I'm very, I'm bigging up Ballet Black and I can't wait to get started. That's amazing. Working with them. Yeah. So that's really, really cheered me. And uh, so that's new and exciting. The rest of it is um, just finding the space and time to explore life a bit more. Um, because, you know, there comes a stage where you kind of go, I've worked and worked and worked and worked and worked and I want to have a bit of fun. When you say finding, mm. you have to follow my girl's lead over here. It's not finding. It's just doing. It's making sure it's there. There's, yeah. a, there's the block there. Yep. I'm not speaking yep. out of turn. Because <laughs> it's just making sure. Yep. It's not finding it. It's basically mm. writing it in your diary and saying, that's my time. Being intentional. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it's more than intentional. It's doing it. Just get I think we, it. Yeah, because I think we can have all the intentions in the world. Mm. And as I said at the top of the, the podcast, time moves very quickly. Before it you does. know, it's midway through the year. It's almost yeah. the end of the year. Yeah. So, And the other thing I might find time to do is actually go on a date. Oh. Oh. I'll say no more at this stage. <laughs> oh. I got a message from my mate in London, and mm. I said, you know, blah, blah, blah. Probably going to try and come down. And she's saying, oh, actually, um, I've got my first date in 20 years. 20 years. <laughs> I actually have to give her a call and find out when. I'm just oh, hoping it went really well for her. Yeah. But 20 years, kids are all grown up. I feel it. You know, and um, you're in this place and then all of a sudden, yeah, there you go. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I've got to ring up and find out how this date went, who was you it You must. Yeah. And then give me the tips. Oh, well, <laughs> well, to be honest, ladies, I think it's a future podcast. <laughs> but, what? <laughs> Not Sandra's date, you no. Just, you just want to know my business. No, no, no. Okay. I, I just think... Fantasies. Da- <laughs> <laughs> no, I think dating, when mm. you get to a certain age, I think oh, it's a to- it is another podcast. Let's yeah. do it. So I think watch the space, because I know there's a lot of demand out there in terms of um, women find themselves at a particular stage in their life. Oh, yes. Date. Dating experiences. Um, in relation to me, I guess just following on from the start of the year, which always for me is about... Um, stopping resting recharging refocusing and really getting an opportunity to do that and I'm just really kind of following on from that 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 whole kind of mantra that I've started 
really continuing with that healthy focus, water, vitamins, and I've started fasting. Oh, hello. As well. Okay. Yeah, it's slow. I'm not killing up myself, you know, with the big fast that people <laughs> straight in and out. Okay. Yeah, I've just spent the whole day just thinking about food. So I thought I've started slowly. Okay. <laughs> well, that means you skip a meal. No, no. So I'm doing um, 16 hours without food oh. and having an eight hour window in which to eat. Oh, yes. And, and part of that has been quite disciplined as well because it's trying to like navigate your time around that. Um, yeah. But as, I think it's also getting your body used to it because yeah. you know your body gets into a habit of when. Yeah. But for me, it's good. It stops the night nibbling. You know, you know, the nine o'clock, 10 o'clock time and all of a sudden. You know, 10 o'clock, 12 yeah, o'clock you're like, for me. Yeah, I just want to like chomp on something so it's kind of celery (laughs) but isn't celery (laughs) you have to tell us how that goes because i find the night nibbling really hard sometimes i've actually fallen asleep and then i wake up and my first thought is i would need something to eat yeah so it's terrible it's probably water probably (laughs) (laughs) it's not turkish delight no No, okay if you have some water right okay yeah okay <laughs> it doesn't taste as good, but I think and what I'm trying to do with some of these things, you know, when you dive in and then it's easy to to fall by the wayside. So mm. take these things slowly. Yeah, absolutely. You know, don't just, beat yourself up about yeah. it. Just and that's the other thing, Sam. Don't beat myself up mm. about things because it's easy to do that and things just drop off a fence, really. So yeah. good yeah. for you. Yes, yeah, so I think we're all we're all on a very positive, aren't we? Yeah, a very positive high. Great start to the year. Yeah, yeah exactly. Everything. It's not going to say that. No, it isn't because we're not, we're now moving on to a very very serious subject matter. We um, are indeed. Yeah, and like I said, this kind of worrying trend that appears to be on the rise in conjunction with seemingly attacks on EDI. But we saw that the Harvard University's first, and you know how hard it is when you're a first as oh, well. Wow, yeah. First black president. She had resigned. That was following loads of criticism, which included which included backlash on how she handled anti-Semitism on the mm. campus and and actually accusations of plagiarism mm. in her work as well. Um, unfortunately, her experience is not unlike that of many other prominent Black women leaders. Mm-hmm. There's a disturbing trend that Black women are promoted, mm-hmm. they're elevated mm-hmm. into leadership positions. And despite how qualified they are, they experience that kind of hyper um, scrutiny once mm-hmm. they take up the, the position. I'm sure that we've all kind of experienced some of that as well. Yeah. Um, Dr. Claudine Gay, like I said, Harvard's first black president in its 368-year wow. history. That's big. You That's know, massive. It's absolutely massive. And she actually faced more sinister challenge. Look no further than the billionaire CEO, Bill Ackman's recent post on X in which he claimed to have heard from someone as people do oh, yeah. we hear from someone anonymous source yeah um with first-hand knowledge that the Harvard President's search committee would not consider a candidate that didn't meet the university's EDI requirement he went on further arguing that race gender and sexual orientation are not the right approach for identifying the most qualified leaders for for these types of positions and in a grotesque case of concern trolling Ackman added it's not good for those awarded the office of president who find themselves in a role that they would likely not have obtained were it not for a fat finger on the scale yeah yeah um oh so is he talking about the meritocracy where you're supposed to get there oh please it's like we've got wise to that game a long time ago the meritocracy exists for some but when you are a person of colour, 
the meritocracy somehow disappears. So, yeah, so he's saying, basically, uh, all of those factors uh, shouldn't make a difference in terms of recruitment to that role, mm. and it should be on merit. Mm. Yeah. Well, then welcome to the real world. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, that, that's the exactly. other thing. We've also had, they've also had Vice President Kamala Harris has been attacked as an mm. EDI hire. Can you believe that? Yeah. Right-wing culture warrior podcast Jordan um, Peterson called Biden White House Press Secretary. Also, Corinne Jean-Pierre, some random diversity hire. Wow. So there's a real kind of underbelly of course there is um in terms of black women we get to a certain position and we didn't get there on our own merit no we got there because they're trying to tick a box in terms of edi Mm. and especially when you've got high profile black women and i think one of the challenges when you have that is you know we talk a lot about representation we talk about a lot about role models Mm. and then you see the pain and the backlash and what happens when you get to those positions Mm -hmm. It's, you know, that's the sort of thing that will put people off. Why would you do it? Yeah. Yeah. That will make people think twice. Why would I want to put myself through the pain of trying to get the job in the first place? Mm -hmm. And these jobs are always really high profile and challenging and difficult. So you've got all the pain of doing the job. And on top of that, you've got the pressure of people constantly looking at you, thinking you're not there on your own merit. Mm, Absolutely. I suppose it's, um, I don't know, is it a step up from... You know, probably saying that uh, that you slept your way to the top, which is what they normally say about women who get into high positions. So it's switched from that to that. You mentioned Jordan Peterson, who I don't really have any time for whatsoever. Mm. Um, but it seems that this has come at a time anyway. Obviously, we can see what's happening in America. If we sort of split it down the middle, I won't talk about the UK yet. But in America, it's coming at a time where... Obviously, Trump is on the you know on the uh, presidential path again, um, and uh, and picking out really high profile cases, and this this just happens to be one of them. And I think she um, sadly got caught up in the sort of fever of all of that, mm. or fervor of all of that, um, to for it to have happened so swiftly and, and quickly. It's and that makes the headlines, and it's normally once you've finished watching those headlines and little clickbait things on social media that other investigative reporters will go and have another look at it and sort of start finding out, well, actually, you know, where was the uproar when Melania plagiarised Michelle Obama's speech (laughs) right in front of everybody and play it side by side? Yeah. You know, and she's supposed to be the first lady, and that's battered aside, and mm. people aren't mm. concerned. So she will not be the only um, uh, prince or what was she president? She won't be the only one that's been accused of this. Um, and I suppose in academia as well, it's it's uh, it's hard not to for that. You know, for that mm. to to be very similar where especially but I suppose if you reference where you got that information from it sort of gets you out of Mm. that um that sort of hole Alan Dershowitz he's another one who um got called out on another show Mm. so it's like so you know it seems to be tit for tat but who I suppose for her it's like when it gets to that level when you're sat in facing some of those very right-wing people in the you know in the senate shouting and barking mm. at you and mm. treating you like you're you know accusing you in the way that they were mm. I would probably just go you know what I don't need that <laughs> I'm yeah. off you yeah. know let's yeah. just go back to where I came from mm. uh because I think at the moment we are seeing that 
in one sense, a rise of bigotry, racism mm. and fascism. Um, at the same time, we in our heads, we're sort of thinking, are we still are we still playing that same game? Are mm. we still we're over here trying to to move things forward, but we are being dragged back about 50 years into a place that I don't know what, what the ending is. Mm, mm. Yeah. When I'm feeling positive, I like to think and say that um, the backlash, if you like, or the blacklash is because we're winning. When you're winning, they're going to come for you. It's the um, Obama, post-Obama effect. It's the... it's. Um, what happens here in our own city to our elected mayor, who is a man of colour, black man, because you are a person of colour or a black man, they are going to, there's going to be a backlash. On the one hand, I think, okay, so we know that's going to happen. How do we prepare? How do we mitigate for that, et cetera, et cetera. And then I go back to what you were saying, Sangio, about it's hard being the first. We all know that. We've all been there. Why would you want to be the first? Because someone's got to break through. Someone's got to crack that concrete. It's not even glass. It's concrete. Mm. You've got to break through. And someone has to do that. And then what I want is for the next person to quickly come and stand alongside. And for the next person to quit. Because if there's three of you, that makes a difference. When you're on your own, there comes a point, you're quite right, Sanj, where you kind of go, this is not worth my life. Mm. This is so traumatising to me. But it's not actually worth me continuing with this nonsense and the system wins again because they are going to try and pull you down. And Sanjo, you had a phrase, didn't you, from pet to threat. Right, from pet to threat. Mm. Um, And I think that that is um, sometimes what happens. And (laughs) at the end of the day, where I kind of go to is, wow, the colour of my skin and my background is still so much of a threat to you. It still is eating you so much mm. that we are there, that you have to behave in this way. So that's where your allies come in and the people around you who say, actually, no, you are on the wrong track here. Step off. Um, the other thing I think is interesting is because in the case of this woman at Harvard, a complaint was made apart from the accusation of plagiarism it's the anonymous complaints I'm wondering if there is any data on the correlation between black women in leadership and complaints made against them Mm. particularly in that first year because I reckon that that data would be quite interesting if we could look at it whether it's the US or here or maybe both I think that would be quite interesting and quite revealing because I suspect a lot of people, because <laughs> um, I've had it before where um, people, if you're a black leader, people do not want to work under you. And there's all sorts of subtle and not so subtle things that happen to undermine your leadership. Mm. And that's where the complaints start. And what I love most is the anon. If it's a... If you're making a complaint, if something is wrong, why is it anonymous? Mm. What are you scared of? See what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So there's all sorts of things there. The need for there to be more than one, because that's heavy on the shoulders of the person who is there. The nonsense of the backlash, but we know it's coming. We should be aware of that. 
and how we support each other and ourselves to ride through that because it happens every single time. Mm. Absolutely, San. And, and you know, it's got down here, why is, why is the right so threatened by EDI? And why would a prominent, politically active, wealthy individual consider his platform to take a specific aim at an accomplished black woman? You know, and because it, she scares the very <laughs> what's it out of him just by being. Yeah, and it's because the anti-EDI um, militants see their position as the gatekeepers mm. of the American dream. Yeah. So there's the, there's there's real real people sat there worrying. Oh my gosh, how how far do I get? We can <laughs> we can't have them get too far. Right. We can only have one of them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. yeah. Clarence yeah. Thomas. There yeah. you go. Yeah. 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 You know. Yeah. You know. Sans saying about. Of course, we need numbers, but sometimes the door's shut. You know. You know when you get in. Yeah. Next thing, the door is bolted behind you. You mm. can't even let anyone in as mm. much as you're trying. Mm. You know, and that's some of the, the challenges out there. Mm. And it's interesting that Harvard itself published an article which quotes, uh, um, in terms of saying that praising Gay is a strong leader, a brilliant thinker, and a superb scholar, you know. Mm. Yeah. The, the university itself was kind of praising her. I mm-hmm. guess she was pet at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, in, and next thing you know, you can, how can you suddenly go from them praising you to be a strong leader a brilliant thinker that she hasn't changed no she hasn't changed she's exactly the same yeah, person precisely yeah you know and Only she's now running the running the game mm. and that's where people get really excited that's what they cannot bear is having her in that position with all the power and authority you know it um i don't know I, I, having this conversation with someone the other day um uh where was i i was at an event at the Beacon. And someone I hadn't met before, just kind of side, it was a bit of side talk. And she said, you know, I don't know why people have such a problem with black women. And I pulled her aside and I said, because we are very powerful. (laughs) Was this a black person you're talking to, a white person? Yeah, no, a black person, a black woman. Okay. Yeah. And she was talking about an experience and saying, I don't know why, I really feel like people have got a real problem with black women um, socially. And professionally. And I said, imagine the power that sits within us Mm. is sometimes very threatening to people. And I'm not saying threatening as in the angry, because I don't believe in that trope, um, the angry black woman, all that nonsense. It is because there is something I think um, unique, of course there is, about all individuals. But um, a a black woman in leadership is a, a, for me, uh, thankfully, an awesome and inspiring thing because I think we do things differently. Um, and for some people, you know, it's just too much. Mm. It's the it's journey, isn't it? The journey that you go on to get to where, you know, to get to that level, the hurdles, yeah. the ducking, the diving, the miss, you know, getting out of the way of missiles, all the rest of it yep. that you have to do when you do when you're trying, when you get there and you yeah. look around you think, when you look to see how far you come and you look behind you think blimey yeah you know i i could have i could have been any i could have ended up anywhere i could have ended up you know in a facility mm-hmm. i could have ended up but this path that i was on has led me to here and, yeah. and so with all that knowledge of all the obstacles that have tried to stop you because mm. you said the other day your path isn't a straight path your path no. goes in different mm. directions but when you get to that finish line or a finish line you're coming with that wealth of knowledge, exactly, and so, and so you can 
participate in any conversation yeah and you can laugh and joke about any conversation you've got a view on mostly all of the things that people are bringing up to because of your life experience of Mm. having to Mm. to travel through that yeah um i think for some people that resilience that level of resilience Mm. is scary it's um my angelou and still i rise yeah Yeah. most people couldn't handle that yeah 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 you know couldn't and it's almost a, how dare you? We've done our best to repress you. <laughs> <laughs> and you're still coming it's through. Damn you. Damn you, stay down. Yeah. Stay and down. The attack itself on, on her, first black president, reminds black people that though we call America home, and this is for the Americans, rejection and diminishment await us if we dare to ascend beyond our place. And know it is your that place. thing. Yeah. Know your place. Mm. I think that's, mm. that's indicative of most places. Mm. Um I know where my mother told me my place was. Where was it? Right at the top. Exactly. <laughs> love mummy, love mummy. Kick up the behind. Uh, I thought what was really great was on Martin Luther King Day, over 300 signatures from other black women in a number of uh, different organisations wrote a letter to support her. Oh, wonderful. And Brilliant. that was one of the things that we were talking about when we did... Uh, Black women uh, shouldn't yes. just survive, they should yeah. thrive. Yes. Mm. And that sense of her at the moment feeling on her own, yeah. um, 300 signatures from other women yes. saying, you know, you, you know, in full support. And I think yeah. that was the same for Meghan Markle when she had most of the uh, houses of common and women in the houses of common write in their letter yes. to say, you know, they fully support her yes. as well. Yes. And I think that makes a huge difference. It does, course, yeah. It does. Yeah. Because it, it, it must be... Oh God! It must actually attack your mental your your mental health um, in such a way that I mean, hopefully um, she hasn't questioned herself and her ability. She must know by the time you get to that level, you know the game, you know what's coming at you. Yeah. Um, but you do, not- Sam. But don't you think sometimes when you are at that level, something does chip away with you? And I guess it's that whole imposter syndrome element. Yeah. yeah, you know it, it's hard. You know, you look back and think, "I know I've accomplished all these things," mm. but there's still a part of you that will chip away at yeah. that. Should yeah. I have been there? Should I could I have done something better? You're only human yeah. after all. Yeah, absolutely. But what? How awful that that should be part of your experience. You're just trying to do a job. You're trying to do a good job. You're there because you really want to do the best that you can do. And as Sanj, as you're saying. This is the journey. Mm. There are so many blocks and and dangers in the way and you have to traverse them. You have to navigate some really dangerous waters mm. for your own health and well-being. Mm. And when you get through that and you get to the top, oh, hang on, there's a whole load of different stuff course, coming yeah. at me. And people like this man who prepared to use a social media platform to tell everybody that I'm just an EDI hire. Mm. I, it's just incredible. Yeah, to and me. you know, and the worst one of the worst things is you're you're incredibly good at your job, more than qualified, mm. and this is what you then get remembered for. Yeah, yeah, it isn't yes. the good stuff. It isn't what you can do. Yeah, it's the yeah, it's this negativity that Absolutely. that hangs over you. You know, yeah. that thing will hang over. Yeah, if you Google her name, that's what's going to come that's up. That's what's going to pop up. Yeah, not but necessarily what she's achieved. No. Yeah, I think it was interesting as well because she was pretty tight lipped when it all happened. Mm. And then she wrote a, um, an article for, um, I, think, I can't remember which newspaper it was in America, where she explained about all the things that she has had to navigate whilst being in the job as well. Mm. Obviously, mm. The, the microaggressions, the gaslighting, mm. the racism, all the rest of it. And this is a woman with a son, so she, you know, and you talk about that journey, you take, yeah. you take your whole family on that journey True. with you. 
you're bringing up a child. You've also got your other aspects within the community because she's obviously community orientated as well. Mm. So you're, you know, the bag is heavy. I was going to say, can you feel how heavy that is? And mm. then by the time you get there, and then to, and I think it just came at the the wrong time because of you know the whole heightened emotions at the moment to do with the the conflict between Palestine and Israel. And, and there's this underlying conversation mm. Mm. about black people yeah. um, and how they're not supporting Israel. Mm-hmm. So there's all that as well. Yeah. This is just try, you know, and I think that... Which side are you on? Yeah. Mm. And I think, you know, especially when it comes to universities and the Palestinian solidarity groups and you've got the Jewish groups, mm-hmm. um, you've got the Palestinian solidarity groups calling for a boycott. Mm. And then you've got the the Jewish students supporting or not supporting Israel. Mm. And so they're trying to ban BDS at universities. Mm -hmm. So that whole free speech element. So that's what they were talking to her about, because obviously there was the the letter that was put out by the the students who are in support of the Palestinians. Mm -hmm. And because she didn't make a statement about it was a, was a reason for them to sort of yeah. ha- hone in on her. Yeah. Because obviously being one of the biggest institutions in America, mm. they're expecting them mm. to come out and say, actually, no, we're in... Take the side. Mm. Yeah. And so I think that, you know, a, a, an accumulation of all of that just coming at yeah. the wrong time. Perfect storm. Exactly. Mm. And then, poof, you're gone. Mm. Mm. But, but I think, Sandra, people are always looking for something. That, that That's what then happens, isn't it? You get into that position and yeah. they're always looking for something they can pin yeah. on you. And the irony, in a way, the cruel irony of all of that for me is that um, in that position, you are holding all of that and all of those peoples and all of those views the last thing you should be doing in some ways is taking a side. You see what I mean? Right. Because you work for everybody. Yeah. And that that is a tricky, tricky mm. thing to have to hold. So sometimes saying nothing is the best route because you're gonna you're gonna piss somebody off, aren't you? Well, it's, it's, it's gonna you, you're not yeah. so why do we need to be so polar why are people actually forcing people like her to be polarized and entrenched in their view and to say it publicly? Mm. Just because you are doesn't mean to say that I need to be, but that's what you're calling for me to be mm. on the, deep in the trench with you and not seeing, not even talking, not entertaining that the other side may have a point to bring to this debate. Mm. It's so ridiculously stupid. It makes me angry. But that's, but that's, that's where the world's gone. But well, this is where they're dragging the it to. Because the thing is, is that if, if you're at university... Isn't that the place to be discussing both sides of the argument? Debate. Exactly. And free speech. But it's only free speech if it's the right free speech. It is on my Mm. terms. Yeah. 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 That entitlement. Mm. It's it's it is astonishing. But it it, at the end of the day, um it she has gone from pet to threat. Um I think it's interesting when it's (laughs) and it makes me laugh actually, when you know that it's threat to threat that actually you're a threat to begin with mm. and you're a threat at the end. And sometimes that's quite an enjoyable place to be because you've got nothing to lose, have you? You just kind of go in there knowing that this is going to be a battle. Um, are you prepared to take on the battle? In some cases, yes. Um, and then you get to the point where you kind of go, do you know what? Okay. I've got a headache. Enough. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well. I'd rather go shopping. <laughs> you know how I hate shopping. <laughs> 
just like enough already. Wow. Um, and just to, in terms of the whole kind of pet to threat, and this is something that was coined by Dr. Thomas, who's a professor at the University of Georgia, and it's to explain racist behaviour by leaders and organisations that adversely affect the career trajectory experienced by black women in the workplace. And at the beginning of their careers, they're often we're mentored and we're sponsored and we're supported by our managers, mm-hmm. well, some of them, mm-hmm. and colleagues. But as they grow confident in their ability and influence, their mentors become hostile, mm-hmm. undermining their work and also their talent as well. Mm-hmm. Um, this happens for several reasons, amongst them... One is this to increase in confidence may threaten a change in the organization's culture. And this childlike to pet treatment suggests that black women professionally are not equal to their masters and that they will only receive career advancement and opportunities if they behave properly. Mm. Know your place. I've had that. Know your place. Almost word for word, I've had that. It was hilarious. Mm. It was actually quite funny because I just played with it and them. (laughs) But yeah, it's it's, it's Mm. back to the know your place thing, isn't it? Yeah, It's back to that. But, yeah, when you start actually shining, it's like, mm, we want you to shine, just not too brightly. Precisely. You know, especially, don't blind them. No. No. <laughs> so, yeah, San, you just mentioned about um time that you were under pressure, where the, the kind of pet to threat. Yeah, yeah. And in terms of what happened to you. Yeah, yeah. It, um, <laughs> it was interesting. I was working for a very, very, very large company, um, a global company. And... Uh, I remember, and I think I may have mentioned this before, um, being one of 300. So that was the ratio, one to 300, in terms of ethnically diverse. And, you were definitely um, the one. Oh, yeah, I was definitely the one. But I remember at the time thinking, mm, that's a delicious challenge. Let's see, let's see what's going to happen here. And actually, I did well. And I was well respected by a lot of people. Except my immediate bosses. So my line managers, and it was a success. It was two in succession. The first one was great. First one was who brought me into the company. And she was very sort of, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, do this and do that and all the rest of it. She was very good. She's good as a mentor. And we got on well. When she left, the next two, clearly <laughs> racist. <laughs> like, I mean, there's no mistaking it. No. One used the N-word on me. Oh, dear. Oh, my gosh. oh, yeah. Was that in an argument or just in general conversation? In general conversation. Oh, wow. wow. Just kind of slipped it in to see yeah. what the reaction would be. Like I wouldn't notice. You should have oh slapped her. <laughs> as soon as it came out. Just do, as do it, not... the uh came out, you should have slapped yeah. her. Sam, she wasn't trying to get on the same level. You know, some people think they can um, just oh, no. get on the same level she with you. She wasn't rapping. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, she wasn't rapping. No, she just thought she would just drop the end bomb, and um, it was a test. I knew yeah. it. In the, in the, it was a te- I, what are you going to do about it? Yeah. What are you going to do about slap, it? Slap okay. it out of your yeah. mouth is what uh-huh. I'm going to do. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> so she Wait, saw what yeah. I did about it, and it's interesting. The first, she was the second one, so this was the successor to the first racist one, wow. who absolutely wanted to keep me down. But by that time, I'd built relationships across the company, and I work up as well as down. It doesn't matter to me what your job title is. I'm going to make a relationship with you. If we need to work together, then that's what's going to happen. So I got friends in high places. And I had friends who were, you know, below me in terms of grade. Didn't matter. Mm. Couldn't bear it. Way too popular. <laughs> of course you are. Way too popular. <laughs> didn't like that at all. 
and actually said something to me like, I knew if I ever line managed you, I would. And she stopped. And oh, I went, wow. what would you do? <laughs> Go on, say it. Say it. Go what on. would you do? <laughs> God, Sandra. <laughs> she didn't finish the sentence. Um, but this person was a bully. And actually, it wasn't just me being bullied. It was the whole department, which was, it was all female, all women. Um, and, you know, I'd go into work every day. There'd be a different person. Whose turn is it today? Oh, right, you're in tears. You're in tears. Oh. And I remember meeting a colleague um, in a coffee shop. I just happened to walk past the coffee shop, and there was this, this girl, let's call her Sue, sat, she's a white girl, sat in the coffee shop, uh, kind of looking really not very well. So I went and said, what are you doing? You know, because the, the, this one used to watch her, wa- put her watch up as you walked in the door. So oh, one went, of those. Yeah, one of those. <laughs> so I said, we've got to go. We've got to go, Sue. We're going to be late. She said, I can't go. I said, what do you mean? I can't go in there. I can't go in there. So she was traumatised at that point. She couldn't even step in. I said, right, hold my hand. Look, we're going to go in together. I went in and it was that day I went to the director and I said, this has to stop. And it was interesting because we then worked together and I just reported on what I was seeing and what was happening. And eventually, uh, there was so much pressure on this person, they chose to leave Good, because they were about to be pushed. Then in comes the other one (laughs) who thought that they could just throw around the N-bomb. By which time, and this is interesting, and, and thinking about when you know you've had enough. So this is five good years Enjoyed my time, learned lots, la la la. And this having to, the thought of having to do that again with another manager. And uh, this one dropped this thing. And uh, I remember it was an after work meeting, it was out of hours, but we needed to do this piece of work. And uh, I remember slamming my diary shut, <laughs> turning to my colleague, uh, who was white, and saying, Did you just hear? What I just heard, and my colleague burst into tears. Couldn't cope. Couldn't cope. Burst into tears. Mm. And I thought, really? Wow. Well. Uh, uh, yeah. You're crying. <laughs> you're crying. You got so, to there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Mammy. Uh huh. <laughs> Can't cope with this. So I slammed my. In those days, you had you know big book diaries. Slammed my diary shut, looked at manager and said, I do not have to tolerate that kind of language at any time. I'm especially not going to tolerate it on my time. Mm -hmm. You and I are done here and walked out. By the time I got home, there was a telephone call and my partner at the time said, your work's ringing you now. And I said, just hang up the phone. No, 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 they keep ringing back. Took the call. I think I may have said something to upset you. Oh, gosh. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, you know, hairdryer moment, said what I had to say. But at that point, I think that was the critical, that was the turning point, really. I decided that at that age, I was not prepared to go through this again because this is not my problem. This is the company's problem. Yeah. And they're looking to me to resolve it each time. So um, the best thing, and it was very powerful, walked in the next morning, uh, there was a team meeting. I thought, I ain't going. Not going. Said to this this girl, Sue, who'd been crying before. She said, oh, God, you've got to go to the team. I said, not going. She went, oh, my God. 
You can't not go. Watch me. Watch me. So off they went to the team meeting. They came back up. Manager strides over to me. You, Bill's office now. Wow. <laughs> so I said, oh, here we go. <laughs> By which time I'd already typed out my resignation letter. I'd already <laughs> printed that out. So we went to Bill's office um, because this manager thought that they were going to tear me off a strip. Mm. And I said, before you open your mouth and say one word, <laughs> I'd invite you to read this. So they yeah. read that. And then all hell broke loose, which was delicious. And I enjoyed it. And I had lots of lovely lunches. <laughs> lots of people going, please don't move. Okay, we can sort this out. No, mm-hmm. I am done. Yeah. Because yeah. at that point, I recognise this is not, I'm not the right fit here. I've done five years. We've got somewhere. Mm. This is not about me changing your company for you. You need to do the work. And if it's always dependent on people like me mm. to make that change and to embed that change, it takes a toll. Mm. And by then it had got to the point where I thought, no, it's not worth my mental health to be dealing with these and people. And you're not paying yeah. me enough. Because that's overt yeah. racism. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Really overt. So it's yeah. like, yeah, you walk away, you end up walking away. You pick your battles, don't you? Mm. Yeah, I think you have to, especially because you know the work we put in to get into these positions in the first place. Mm. You know, so by the time you get up there, you're tired, let alone having to, to exactly. carry another load on your back. Yeah. And it reminds me of, um, I, I guess, a similar situation. And you, you always know people. At, and you know what? You get to that point where you think, actually, I don't want to work for you. Mm. I'm too good to work for Thank you. Thank you. You know, and you decide, you make a decision. Sometimes it's hard. We know finances, etc. But sometimes yeah. you need to make sure that you're, you're mentally and physically Taking yourself. care, taking yeah. care of you yeah. because, yeah, you see them out there, and sometimes sound a bit like you. I enjoy the battle because we know some things are coming, and yeah. yours a couple of steps ahead of them because you know they're going to try and take you down. Yeah, you know. And I remember one particular manager. My my initial manager that hired me was great, and mm. we had a great relationship. And then there's a, a takeover that happens within departments, and then suddenly he gets a new boss. It's mm. going to be our boss. Mm. And you know, you go through that kind of process where they're trying to work out. So, some people got to go. Mm. And you sit there, and you know, on paper that I'm more than qualified than a lot of the managers here, but all of a sudden they want to use the opportunity to take you out. Yeah. You know, because yeah. again, you, you, you don't, game. Yeah, you don't fit in that mold. Yeah. And I'll tell you, Sanj, when I see him talk to my manager, who I got gotten really well with, he embarrassed him in a meeting. I'm thinking, you embarrassed another white man. <laughs> You're going to be, cut. what are you going to be doing to me? Yeah. I thought, you see what? And he definitely had little man syndrome as well, I tell mm. you. Uh, and it sweet me. Uh, and I remember he asked me to do a piece of work and I did the piece of work. And then, um, then they try and embarrass you. Oh, and okay. you embarrass them back because I've already got it covered. Yeah, you know what you asked me for? If you check out this, this and this, it's there. Yeah. And now you can see them addressing back. They're trying to find something to pin on you. Yeah. But they ain't going to find nothing. No. They're, they're not going to. But after a while, this gets tiresome and you make a decision. Exactly. So you know what I saw? I made a decision. I've done my couple of years there. Yeah. Like you, I've done what I need to do. Yeah. Time to move on. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I think part of that is about us taking back our power a little bit in yeah. some of these situations mm. and knowing when to step away. Yes. When some, you know, when to go somewhere else. Yeah. To take your goodness, to take your knowledge, to take your experience, to take the the greatness that's you mm-hmm. to somebody else. Exactly. 
Exactly. You know, why yeah, battle, battle with certain people? No, exactly. I don't need to be battling with you. I Hang need to go... your head s- against that brick yeah. wall. And when you know, actually, the change is not embedded. Mm. The problem is, and the, and this is this does actually make me quite sad um, in some ways, is that the, the word tiresome you said is exactly right. It's exhausting because that happens in one organisation you go to the next organisation who may be a little bit better, but at some point something is going to happen, so you start doing the work again, and then you leave after five years, whatever, and then you go to the next one, and you might be a little bit further forward, but they're not yet there yet, and then you're doing it all over again. And that, I think, sometimes is where, you know, we've done a podcast on, um, you know, doing for we, you know, um, and even in terms of academia, I mean, in the in the US, they have, you know, black universities. And there are people who say, don't bother with the system, do your own thing. Mm. Then you're not having to deal with all of that. You might have to deal with other things, but you're not dealing with that racism because you're actually plowing your own field and going your own way. We can talk about levels of investment and that sort of thing and all mm. the rest of it, which are just not where it needs to be. But I understand those people who say... Don't bother trying to be part of a system that actually just wants to keep you out. Mm. Go a different way. And then another part of me goes, I'm going to be in the system because I want to change it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it will yeah. change. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah. the police and, yeah. and yes. all the other ones. It's, it's quite interesting, actually, because a couple of years ago, there was somebody who wanted to have a conversation about this woke. What does woke Mm. mean? And you've got it in the English dictionary, you've got it in the Webster's dictionary, if you want to know what the true definition of woke is. Mm. There's another one who's like uh, Jordan Peterson, who's obviously trying to uh, work his way up the uh, the far right ladder, Mm. uh, Douglas Murray. Uh, And he wrote for the rag that calls itself The Telegraph. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he wrote an article basically saying, Claudine Gay has exposed the rot at the heart of the woke establishment. I'm just (laughs) confused. I am so confused. The far right have claimed the word woke (laughs) to mean absolutely everything that they disagree with. You know, as you say, I can understand this, you know, after the the BLM, Mm. uh, Barack Obama, uh, even here in Bristol mm. with uh, Mayor Marvin Rees mm-hmm. and Deputy Mayor Councillor Asher Craig, mm-hmm. you're going to have this. It's ours. Yeah. It's ours. Give it back. It's mm. not yours. It's mm. ours. And I, uh, you know, I am exasperated at the levels that businesses, institutions will still go to to... Yeah. For, you know, to claim something that's not yours. You've already said you've signed up to equal opportunities. <laughs> what the hell does that mean? Nothing. It means nothing. No. I remember in an organisation, I remember I was, um, one of the companies I was working for, I was offered a position of uh, manager of a, a small team mm. uh, in the finance department. And everybody's clapping. We've given it, you know, Sandra was successful, blah, mm. blah, blah. We went to our, our first meeting when the company was merged or bought out basically by another organization Mm. and somebody came up from london who happened to be uh, a white south african anyway we sat down in this meeting and we were going around the table introducing ourselves to the person that had come over from the new head office in norway and we went around the table got to her and she said what her role was so i can see the team that i was managing Mm. look at me go 
<laughs> what is Sandra going to say? <laughs> so Sandra said, yeah, blah, blah, blah. I am the team leader mm. for Bristol. Yeah. So I knew I was going to have a problem with yeah. this woman. Yeah. Because, you know... I have no idea who you are. You 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 came in well after me, and you've got this job here. Yeah, and that wasn't the first time that had happened to me. Where mm. you know they bring either bring somebody in in a role that was never there, was never advertised mm. or whatever, and mm. then this person's now your manager. Yeah, I will sort you out <laughs> just as I would normally do because yeah. you've come in, you have no knowledge. Yeah, yeah. Hey. And you're going to want my knowledge. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> And I will give you a piece of my knowledge, but yes. they, I will show that I, I've missed out a vital piece of my knowledge. Yes. Because this one, that will expose you. Because yeah. this one came from New Zealand oh, and she and sake. she got the job. And I didn't get to report to the finance manager, but because they've created this role for you, you want me to do all the work. Yeah. And, and then you, you, want, the... you want to go and present my work yeah, to the finance manager. That's so I said, classic. fine, okay. And at this time, you're using Excel spreadsheets, pivot tables, all the mm. rest of it. And there was one little piece when you did a pivot table. If you didn't do it properly, mm. it would be all over the place. Okay. <laughs> didn't. That's the piece. <laughs> but I didn't tell you. <laughs> so when I hear you struggling with the pivot table, I'm like, you know what? I've got to go to the toilet. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 11 o'clock, you've got your meeting five minutes to unbelievable. <laughs> And that's, and that's the game. Yeah. This is, this is the, what it, a waste it is. of time, really. Is, and and it, it, the, the thing is, is after that, it's fine because I'm happy because now you know I know. Mm. Yeah. Do you think it's mm. um? Do you think it's power? Do you think that's what's being played here when when people do that sort of thing? And in your experience, is it about that? So if we take the threat that people perceive when they look at some women of colour. Is it that actually there's something powerful that they actually can't cope with? I mean, some people are just straight out racist. There's no getting away from it. The colour of your skin is what's going to trip them over and, and that's it. But there's something in the, about in the work environment, particularly as you go up the ladder. What is it do you think that people are perceiving? I think, Sam, there's also, unfortunately, stereotypes about us that kind of hang around that if you've got women that are white you know white male colleagues that have never associated with black people black mm-hmm. women mm-hmm. there's a perception of us out there which is you know you know we all know the a word yeah um that gets tossed in our direction mm-hmm. and they're not always sure how to handle us mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because of all these perceptions yeah there's probably other stereotypes in terms of exotic fruit yeah but you're not actually pandering to my ego <laughs> So I don't understand what to do with you. Yeah, precisely. So, you know, so I think there's all those different layers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And people all of a sudden got to be dealing with all these different layers that they're not sure about. They're not, you know, they're scared of, they're frightened of, Mm. they're excited by. Mm. You know, there's lots of different emotions, I think, that sometimes... Is playing out. When actually they could just look at another human being, couldn't they? Precisely. So talk to me. Right. <laughs> Find out about me. I think, yeah, you Learn you about me. On it. I think it's much simpler than that. Mm. If you grow up in a multi-ethnic community, mm. or you talk to people, yes. or you go out of your, your normal yeah. set of group of friends, mm. I don't have any problem talking to anybody right. who, is, who is normal. Yeah. So the problem's not with me yes the problem Mm. is with you and it is that you don't associate with 
people from other cultures. You don't know anything about Ooh. people from other cultures. Yeah. So when I'm working, rest, oh, <laughs> resting bitch face. Mm. Yeah, I think yeah. we've all got one of those, haven't we? So when you're working, that's your, you know, when you go in, say morning, you sit down, start getting on your work. So yeah, you're focused, you're mm. doing whatever it is you're going to do. Mm. And, you know, and there are some people who are genuinely happy to see you, yes. genuinely want to know what you got up to mm. at the weekend, genuinely yeah. all that type of stuff. Mm. And just because they want to know, they, you know, it's a conversation. Mm-hmm. And then you get people who don't quite know how to look at you even when you're they're talking to you mm. yeah oh gosh yeah you know what i mean and i like i like to look at people when i'm talking and it's amazing how many people look away they don't yeah. they don't do the let no. me look in their eyes no no i had you that know. the other night yeah so, it's, so there are people that just don't know okay mm. so this brings me on to something that i have been pondering for a while now and it, we work some of us in the field of, of diversity inclusion equity equality all that lovely stuff And I wondered one day, and it was about a a very large institution in Bristol, uh, which was seemingly um, finding it really difficult to make any progress. In fact, their reputation was appalling, is appalling with regard. In fact, there's some some reparation stuff going on around that now because it it got so bad. And I remember asking, this is years ago now, asking someone who was talking to me about, what do we do about it, type conversation. And I said, um, okay, describe the leadership to me. And, um, you know, you can guess what the leadership was like. And, the, and then I remember th- as part of the conversation, I went, I wonder what diversity looks like in their personal lives. Mm. In their lived experience, I wonder what it looks like. I would imagine that for some people there is none. Cashier. Mm. On mm. any characteristic <laughs> other than one, possibly two. We're talking gender and, you know, ethnicity. And then they walk across the threshold called work. They go in the door and the expectation is that they behave differently. Why would they? Why wouldn't they just bring their bigoted selves through whatever it is, either that's their belief or their personal experience or whatever, no experience of living in a diverse world at all. And yet when they walk across the threshold to work, they're expected through legislation. It's usually driven by legislation, isn't it? The Equalities Act, all the rest of it. I've got to do this like this, and I mustn't do that, I mustn't do that, I mustn't do that, I mustn't do that. That doesn't bring an appreciation of diversity. That doesn't bring knowledge of inclusion. None of that is happening. No one's having that conversation. I want to sit down and ask you, tell me about the diversity in your life, and then we can begin a different sort of conversation. I I completely agree, because I think... I think there should be a test just for that. You know what? There should be a test. <laughs> There's somewhere in Scandinavia, <laughs> I agree with you, that uh, if you want to become an MP, mm. <laughs> they literally test you to find out if you're a sociopath or if you have sociopathic tendencies. Yeah. Yes, yeah. psychometric test. Mm. Psychometric test. Mm. Absolutely. You know, that's where the testing should be. Yeah. And, I, and I completely agree when you talk about organisations. And I think that's the thing as well which might be interesting in in your work that you do is how that is played out throughout the the organization because i know that most big organizations equal opportunities we've signed up for equal opportunities and that's all you've done yeah Mm. you know at the end of the day you're still letting racist people into the organization we're still having to work with them yeah but what does that actually mean within your organizations it has made virtually or no difference whatsoever no, you're not getting deep enough and you're also putting certain people at the heads of these organizations yes. faces 
uh, of these organisations, faces that are well-known faces, mm. and yet you still see no change from the from the grassroots. You don't see any change at no, all. Mm. No, they're and, not going to be because there's no there's no. Um, it's almost like there's no value to some people, and you know, it's almost like that thing where people go, "I'm not racist," because you don't you not even know that you're racist, mm. and you cannot see what I can see. You're not hearing what I'm hearing coming out of your mouth. Your bigotry is at such a level that you you just either they are completely aware of it and happy to tote it about. Because it's not that they're they're racist, but they just don't even see the bias. That's it. You know, the things that come out of their mouth, I'm thinking, um, that's what <laughs> that's where I want to go. Mm. I'll take your EDI policy and I'll rip it up in front of you. And then I'm gonna say, What are you gonna do now? You haven't got the words to rely on. What are you going to do now? Mm. Let's have a different kind of conversation. Let's look at this differently. Let's go human to human. Let's say, say some things to me. Mm. You know, I used to do a, a, a <laughs> I love this exercise. There's an exercise called First Thoughts. And I was part of this organisation called NCBI. It was about community cohesion and all that sort of thing. And I learned this now. And uh, you get face to face with somebody. And you just keep throwing out a descriptor. Uh, of a person so it could be black woman and you just keep saying black woman to the person standing in front of you Mm. and their job is to give you their first thought the first thing that comes into their head they have no time to think so i just keep going black woman black woman and then things are coming back things are coming back things are coming it is very revealing you haven't got you (laughs) haven't got a moment to filter your thinking yeah Yeah. It's so revealing. Mm. And quite often people go, Oh my gosh, I don't know where that came from. Yeah. It was you. Yeah, yeah. It came from you. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. I think um all of this just builds up into the whole area around EDI has become a business for some people. Of course. But it's reality for us in terms of the lack of inequalities that are still out there, the challenges that we still face. Mm-hmm. You think you you've got all these policies, you've got lots of money being spent on these positions but Mm. what difference are they really making so some businesses really need to challenge but I think um Sandy M touched on it a lot of it is about self it's about an individual Mm. you know that's the thing it's about understanding your own prejudices your own bias your own values you know digging deep to where I've come from and how I see the world and who I interact with like um Sandra was saying, you know, who's in my circle? Right. If it's just some, you know, uh, people that look like me in my circle, of course I'm going to have challenges when I have to interact with people that I don't understand. Yeah, and I you don't, don't get... even realise the echo yeah, chamber no. that you exist in. A- absolutely. Ridiculous. You know, and I always think um, as a leader, it's always interesting when you're a black leader and you're there and you're managing... 96% of people that don't look like you. Mm. But there's an expectation that I can do that. <laughs> They're not like me. <laughs> they don't look like me. They're not from my culture. That's very but true. there's a massive expectation that I'm going to do it without training. Yeah, that's but there's true. a lesser expectation when you've got white managers mm. to, to manage inclusive, diverse teams. Mm. That's okay. Yeah. We don't worry that you can't do it. I'm going to send you on a course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. women, it. I can imagine, I'd love to say to my manager one day, can you send me on a course so I can know how to look look after and manage and lead people that don't look like me, please? And you know what? That's that, that's that superpower called straddling, which we learn from birth, oh gosh, don't yeah, we? Yeah. Because we live here. Mm. We look like this, but we live here. Yeah. And you develop that superpower, straddling, but it's not, you're right, 
it's not equal the other way around. No, it isn't. <laughs> but, it, you know, it's an interesting yeah. dilemma that, and we, you know, we're, we operate in that world. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, it's about moving forward with these things. Yeah, yeah. And for us, it's about recognising that. It's about having conversations about that. It's important to be in the room. Yeah. But sometimes you need to know when you need to do the eject button out exactly. of the room. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I think it's time to, I feel wisdom time now wisdom time <laughs> I'm going to take a breath I'm yes. exhausted <laughs> through this discussion and it's been really good actually because it does feel it does feel slightly exhausting but uh, you know that's partly memory recalling past trauma blah, blah, blah. Um, but it's I'm just sort of thinking with this particular um, uh, person at Harvard University Claudine Gay Look at that level. So I'm taking hope from that. Do you see what I mean? Mm. It's kind of like, okay, it's the same old crap in a way, but actually, um, and this is always going to be a challenge for for we, um, it gets more sophisticated and it gets higher. It's, again, going back to the Barack Obama effect, it's like when you're starting to push at those sorts of levels, and etc i'm really fascinated by what the backlash looks like because if we think of her god bless her and well done and thank you for actually taking the job in the first place mm. but what was the response some person's going to jump on twitter and go nee, 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 nee. that's it that's it so it's not commented Do you see what i mean it does not equate so well done to her and it's kind of like the more sophisticated it gets, I'm pleased to see that we're still ahead of the game. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree with that. I think we've seen it all before. Oh, yeah. And it's just wrapped up in a different bow. Um, <laughs> and I think wisdom out of this, I suppose that's it. We've still got a ways to go. I think that the work that you both are doing is amazing. Uh, because people that I see coming through the door that have sat down and done the sort of work that you've done, it lasts as long as toffee in your mouth mm. because it makes no difference mm. throughout an organisation. Yeah. What really needs to be looked at is those organisations saying that they're doing EDI. Who is in these organisations? And looking at the organisations that they say that they've worked for mm. and seeing if there's any benefit, if, if there's any anything that's actually come out of that rather than mm. you know what they say they've done we've worked with these organizations mm, mm. um when it comes to work i suppose you can only stand by your true self and just do your thing mm -hmm. when it comes to it if it does get too hot in the kitchen just be prepared to jump walk. out but walk, yeah. you know jump out with your integrity mm -hmm. i suppose and knowing that you've done your best and you can leave knowing that and also as well the fact that people have written that letter to her to say that they're supporting her yeah. is to show people that even if it's a message on facebook you can imagine if you're getting trolled on social media mm. which i'm sure she has um you know, if there's a way to reach out to people to let people know that, yeah. you know, we understand and we support you yeah. through this difficult time. So, yeah. But, Beautiful. yeah, I think that would be my two mm. things. Beautiful. Yeah, I, I think for me, um, especially with the EDI piece, we need to be doing this work. I think sometimes we don't have the representation. So you have someone, I guess, 
teaching people, informing people about EDI and what it means, but they don't understand. They're not coming from the disadvantaged communities, the people that are experiencing the inequalities. Do you need more people like us, more people from those groups actually doing the work in the first place mm-hmm. in terms of creating proper understanding? Role models are key. Um, you know, the next generation are looking for role models. So sometimes we have to take a little pain mm-hmm. before the next generation that's coming. But I totally agree with Sanjay. You also need to know when to come out mm-hmm. and protect and take care of yourselves mm-hmm. um, when you're doing this work. And it's also, don't forget the good work that someone like Claudine did. Yeah. Don't let it be overshadowed exactly. by this awful thing that happened to her. And I think that's that's the key thing. You know, we need to value the work that we're doing. We need to value what we bring to the table. And don't forget it, mm-hmm. despite people trying to take you down and make you feel as if you're, you're not worthy. It's important that you know that you're actually worthy as well. Yeah, yeah. Sandien, cool. did you have any words? I do. And I agree totally with um, what you're each saying very much resonates with me. Um, so know what you're getting into I would say that now um, and either you'll go into that with relish like I did with that camera's like oh, okay let's play or you may decide I mean do your own assessment before you join any company actually I think we're there now and it is I always used to say to people the uh, recruitment process is a two-way street it's a power dynamic though and most people feel when they go into that recruitment process that it's all about them proving their worth to the company and I'm saying understand the company needs to prove that it's ready and and able to take you mm-hmm. that they deserve you it's a two-way street mm-hmm. so that's one of my trio wees is it's a two-way street know your worth know your value and do your assessment before you go in there are they ready for you and if you want to take on the challenge, fine, but know what you're stepping into. Um, and be supportive and be supported. Mm. Allow yourself to be supported by other people in this, but also offer that support to others. And um, uh, and that could be through a sister sisterhood group. It could be however you want to do it. Reach out, as you were saying, Sanj, and let people know that you are there, you see it, and you're supporting them, mm. and you got their back. Um, because otherwise it is a hellishly lonely journey. Mm. And the third thing I would say is when you see people operating in these spaces, whether you agree with their politics or how they're doing it or whatever, understand we are all pushing in different ways and from different directions to achieve the same goal. Mm. So the last thing people need is your criticism. Thank you, because you're not doing it the way that I think you should be doing it. Mm, definitely. Walk your lane, do your thing. We're all in the game together. And we all have different things to bring to the table. Absolutely. I like that. Thank you. Thank you, ladies, for a, a fantastic show. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Until yeah, the next time. Yeah. 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 I'm going to have a lie down there. <laughs> <laughs> Till three a week. <laughs>